if you could only watch one pro wrestling show a week, which show would it be? You know, I will say that SmackDown is the best show, but you can watch any WWE pay-per-view and know exactly what's going on because of those baller-ass video packages. You know what I mean? You can get the whole story told, and there's just something special about the chaos that is AEW Dynamite. When it's good, it's great. And when it's bad, it's the worst. And you always leave with something to talk about. And I would just, I would just want to watch Dynamite every week, you know, because it always gives you something to say. For me, I, I'm going to maybe be the only person in the world who's going to pick three hours of Monday Night Raw. It's got something for everybody. You know, it's got the good, the bad, the ugly, the mid. And number one reason, obviously, the Judgment Day because you get you get six good months of Raw and you get real cocky with choosing a three hour show on a on a desert island. All I'm going to say about that is uh, we love the Judgment Day and the Judgment Day is great. What Elias just got himself disqualified. But I mean, you didn't say anything about Jason Jordan outside running all around using illegal tactics. You didn't say anything. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Illegal Tactics Podcast. What's up, Kev? How is your week? How are you doing? Do we have a Squishwick update for the for the fans of ITP? Squishwick is eating her kidney food. So she's going to be a healthy little cat. She's going to gain some weight. She's going to be chilling. She'd be sleeping on my head. She'd be sleeping on my side. And she is meowing like a like a little mad bitch. Love her. <laughs> Do you remember what our intros used to be? Do you remember when we had that Pavlog's dog intro that you used to do? Welcome to the Illegal Tactics Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Serrano, joined with you live in the studio in Queens, the five is the burriest, the foodiest foodie that I know. The five borough foodie, Alex Obed. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. That was a little throwback. I just got you know PTSD from just, <laughs> you just doing that God over and over right. again. Yeah, dude, I've done uh, that like 50 times at least. <laughs> at least, but uh, I love that for for you and your little cat. But yeah, any other stuff? How was your week from uh, the week that wasn't pro wrestling? Anything fun? What's the best yeah, uh, dude. Van Leeuwen flavor? I mean, flavor? I went shopping today. Um, oh, the best Van Leeuwen flavor, by the way. It's between two of these limited editions. Uh, tir- tiramisu. Got, it's like the best coffee ice cream I've ever had. It has chocolate and like cake pieces in there. It's fucking amazing. And then one that I had last night, carrot cake. Do not be confused on what's going on in the carrot cake. It is cheesecake ice cream with pieces of carrot cake in it. It's fucking flame. It, it's flame, dude. It's cheesecake ice cream. Van Leeuwen, by the way, the greatest ice cream maker making ice cream today. Just spend the extra money and get some fucking Van Leeuwen. If you're going to go and get Ben and & Jerry's and spend $4 on a pint, just spend an extra buck or two and get Van Leeuwen, you know? <laughs> Shout out to Walmart, the provider of Van Leeuwen to dude. the nation. Yes. Also, I'm sure uh, Whole Foods got you covered, but I can't believe that Walmart got that Van Leeuwen deal. But shout out to Van Leeuwen for getting that that Walmart money. That's crazy. It's big bucks right there. Yeah. So, you know, we had a jam-packed week of pro wrestling. Another week of 3,700 hours of pro wrestling content we had to consume. Um but, you know, we had a jam-packed AEW Dynamite in the TD Garden in Boston, which I think we should definitely talk about. Um, what's the number one thing on your mind from this past week's Dynamite? Jungle Boy got murdered by Jack Perry. He got <laughs> murdered and buried in the sand, dude, just in the middle of the desert somewhere in California, I imagine. It was beautiful. I was so happy. I love that. I love that they hit his music and then it stopped and they did a little vignette. And he buried him. It yeah, was good stuff. Know, he opened up with the Tarzan song and the marks in the crowd were doing the waves and shit. But uh, what are your thoughts on JP's JP Jungle Boy? Jack Perry. Jack Perry. <laughs> His new uh, theme song, which is 
Beethoven's Symphony Number no. Five. It is the evil song ever. It's so awesome. It's so cool. It's like he's <laughs> mini Gunther. It's so funny. I really like it. It's just like the evil person song. Like he's Darth Vader. He's Darth Jack Perry. I'm I'm all about it. I'm all in. When he won and they hit that music, it popped me so hard because I by that point I had forgotten that that was his music. It's just, it's hilarious. It's so good. I'm so happy he won. You know, it's it's good development for both of them. If Hook won, it would have been silly. Shout out, by the way, to both of their gear. Hook's gear was fucking sick, like that Jack Lantern type beat for his like boxing shorts. And then the new Jungle Boy or the new I'm I'm sorry, the new Jack Perry gear. Very cool. It's pants. He looks like he looks like a young man now, instead of some little twink boy. It's fucking awesome. So you're down with the pants? You you're down with Jungle Boy's new gimmick as the hangman? I'm all in. I'm investing all in. Big time. Oh, please. The hangman is so mid. That was he was like the least important person in a ten man match and Wheeler Yuta was in there. But yeah, I, I love that uh Jack Perry gets to finally do something different because you know we've all been saying that he needs a gear change, he needs a music change, and just like you said, it's kind of like a breath fresh of air for both of them and hopefully this will lead for hook getting more over more established and you know he's been just holding on to that ftw title for god knows how long and has done nothing with it and at least jungle boy jack perry sorry can just you know rub his nose in it for a couple weeks dude it's gonna be great and like you're like you were saying last week all i want is to see jack perry interact with christian i'm sure there are some people who are like no don't don't bring back the old stuff nah i need i need that interaction i need it so bad because they're like so similar you know it would just be great i yeah, want for, for I some reason it. i thought when the limo was in his video package i thought like christian was in there gonna like open the door for him and i was like that would have been just the unholy union, just the Jurassic Express heel turns, you know? And that <laughs> yeah, it's could like be the something. Don Callis, dude. It, it would have been so good. I love it. Speaking of, Don Callis is just he's firing on all cylinders right now. With the with the Jericho of it all, I'm fucking loving it. I want Jericho to join him. And who needs the JAS? These guys can't even can't even win a match, but you know what they can win? A dance competition. Oh my God, but yeah, talk so, about Latino heat. <laughs> talk about Latino heat. Those two Latino men have zero rhythm. I tried to watch that back and that dance competition, and just I was severely cringing at Sammy Guevara. Just oh, com- they just didn't <laughs> practice enough. They had some good. That was pure, like you know. Max brought this up to them last week. He's like, "Oh, Danny, like you, you do this." Uh, you do the stupid dance. Well, let's have a dance competition because you know what Max is at his heart and his soul? He's a theater kid, you know? <laughs> He's not an athlete. He's a buff theater kid that likes pro wrestling. And he was like, oh, you know what would be really funny? Uh, if we did like a dance off. They're like, you want to do a dance off? He's like, yeah, I, I just think it would be really funny. <laughs> That's also the perfect part about this episode of Dynamite. And I can totally agree why you would choose to watch only this every week because they had everything. At least now it feels like they're finally picking up some some momentum, some steam in terms of booking things that aren't just straight 25 minute long matches that don't really mean anything. But uh, yeah, <laughs> collision <laughs> and the, the, the friendship that is blossoming and blooming before our eyes, that is of Adam Cole and MJF is just such a beautiful thing. You know, they get hammered. They talk about uh, body slamming big cast like Hogan, Hogan slamming Andre. So funny. <laughs> and uh, so they ridiculous. Hit, they finally hit the double clothesline and won the tournament. I popped so fucking hard for that. Dude, it was stop beautiful. Asian hate. They hit the double clothesline on a random Chinese food <laughs> worker at Kowloon in Boston. It was crazy. I was like, what are you doing? You can't just attack this guy. They're like, you know who this guy looks like? Danny Garcia. And then they just assaulted him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh. MJF comes out with, uh, you know, some matching trunks for Adam Cole. Adam Cole has some matching jackets and a remix theme. The the tried and true. You throw two people together, you remix their theme together, and it's always a fucking banger. So what were your thoughts on this? That theme was so fucking good. Yeah. Those jackets, by the way, they're like hideous standalone jackets. Them coming out together with the new Titantron and the new 
theme and like the matching jacket, trunk, knee pad boots, they looked amazing. I was like, these guys need gold. They need tag team gold. You know, they need to take it from this whatever mid, you know, jabroni tag team is is holding the 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 gold right now. Who is it by the way? <laughs> FTR, the top guys, the living legends. But you know, when they came out at the end and kind of, you know, got in the faces of Adam Cole. Number one, obviously I noticed that everybody looks like they're five six and everybody's just right at that same height that everybody <laughs> looks kind of big at the same time. But yeah. also just like I just I don't know if it's, you know, is it Dax? Yeah, Dax, who is a uh, it felt like he was like going into business for himself. Am I am I bugging here? Where he was just like he was mouthing off at the camera, talking to Tony Khan, it was just lingering in the in the in the ring, just walking circles while the other guy left. You know what I'm talking about? I sort of liked that he went into business for himself a little bit. I feel like, you know, FTR has not shown a lot of personality. And this, to me, was showing some personality. He seemed actually mad and passionate. And I feel like people like them do get forgotten about. And I feel I feel like he was valid. He was like, play my music. We're the fucking champions. He was like, hey, Tony, play my fucking music. You know, I liked that. Genuinely. And then, you know... AEW gets to get away with breaking the fourth wall a little because they do it so often. So they get to do that. They get to, you know, if you do that in WWE, it would be like, oh, this is gross. Don't do that. But they bend that fourth wall so much in AEW. You can do that a little bit. And honestly, to me, it just made FTR seem cooler, especially after this uh, Bullet Club Gold feud where I was just like, these guys have nothing. You know, they don't say anything. Their promos are fucking boring and crappy and just have bc gold win because at least they have personality and maybe it will inspire uh ftr to get me to care you know for them to for them to care about this feud but at least now in this they care about this feud and maybe they don't like max or maybe they don't like adam cole they're convincing me that they don't and i appreciate that because that's what i want out of wrestling i want them to seem fucking pissed i want them to want to rip off their opponent's head hmm yeah, I mean, it's definitely something in terms of, you know, just like you said, FTR, we know that they can do great matches with no storytelling. We know that. We've seen it in NXT. We've seen it in Ring of Honor. We've seen it on Collision. But that's the thing. You know, they've been feuding with BC Gold for the last, like, what, four weeks, maybe more in on Collision. And they had, what, two hour long kind of matches with them last week and this week. And again, nobody cared to me. I'm sure, I mean, it was a great match in, in terms of telling a story in the ring, but feuding yes. now with MJF and Adam Cole, they could definitely bring that sports entertainment, you know, side outside of the ring that I think that people need from FTR because, you know. Need desperately because, look, that match on Collision was really was like a five-star banger on free TV on a show that a lot of people don't give a fuck about. I would say that, like, nobody cares about. And I didn't start caring until, like, they did all those false finishes on on Jay White, I believe, when they, like, FTR just couldn't get a pin. I was like, oh, like, that was a lot of false finishes in a row. I was, like, doing something, and then I looked up, and I was like, oh, is something is something going on? Because, like... You go in without any story. You just don't care about a match. I don't care. Like, I've seen hour-long bangers. I've seen, like, four this year from AEW, you know? <laughs> like, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like okay, like, so what are you going to do that's different? Like, tell me a fucking story. But then they start doing it in the ring, and I, I get invested. But, you know, I want to care when they ring the bell like I do with any Bloodline match, you know? I want to care from the get-go like I did with this. Uh, Adam Cole MJF match. I don't care about Sammy and Danny, but I had to watch this entire match because I care so much about the story that Adam Cole and MJF are telling. So, hey, ma'am, if this, whatever it is, whether it's Tony Khan or MJF or some weird backstage drama gets FTR to give a fuck, then I'm here for it. Facts. And, uh, you know, the end of that Eliminator match, we had... The Ocho, Chris Jericho, who was at ringside on commentary, um, you know, trying to regroup with Sammy Guevara and Danny Garcia. And they actually finally started to 
show more seeds of dissension in the in the JAS. You know, we had last week where Hager was like, I'm done with you. I'm done with this hat. And then, you know, the 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 TMZ found footage camera of them having lunch at a Chili's wherever they were. And uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely, I think, a step in the right direction for Sammy and Danny Garcia to kind of branch away, because so far the JAS hasn't really done anything to elevate people, mainly just because they're all still together doing nothing, you know? Yeah. Well, I will say that a year ago, we didn't give a fuck about Danny Garcia. He's like sort of a character in AEW now. He's like a legit, he's more of a character than Wheeler Utah is. Oh, for sure. It's those fucking and, hips, and, dude. Yeah, those dude, hips don't Wheeler, lie. Yeah, and Wheeler Utah has had bigger spots, I would say. Not bigger, like, one-on-one victories, but he's had bigger spots, like, bigger moments. For example, like, the finish of this match. You know, he's had a bunch of things like that. He's had big... He pinned Kenny Omega, you know? So, they've done something with some of these people. You know, nobody cares about Daddy Magic or Cool Hand Angelo Parker, if that is his name. Nobody's ever going to care about Jake Hager, except for maybe, like, all three Bellator fans. But... This is what I am going to say. You go walking past Chris Jericho like that. Do you know what's going to happen to you? You're going to brush past Chris Jericho. Takesha's going to fucking punch you in the face with his giant forearms. I can't wait till those two little nerds get fucked up by a real big man like Takeshita. So you think as of now that Jericho will join the Don Callis family? Duh. Hell yeah. A million percent. Where he's going to be coming out to the ethereal hum. No more Judas. <laughs> no more Judas. I would something that sounds like music to my ears. But <laughs> you know, let's talk about the fucking main event because I I really want to know your thoughts on the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Golden Elite Blood and Guts. What are your thoughts on like the overall match? Because like you know, I think that for me. The way that they set it up in the beginning, I was really excited and all the spots were fucking brutal and it was beautiful. And I was really looking forward to the finish. But when when it started to unfold how it did, I felt like it kind of fell flat. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. And I can see why. Here's what I'll say. I fucking loved the match. I felt like every one of those really brutal spots, you know, they really... Like, we complain sometimes about, like, Moxley with the blood. But, you know, in a blood and guts match, that's where it pays off. This guy brings out, like, a bed of nails. You are cringing and cringing. And it's, like, matches like these where you want to be, like, worked like that. Like, you want your whole body to be like, no, like, stop. Don't drop somebody on a bed of fucking nails, you psychopath. What is wrong with you? I loved this entire match. Thought it was really cool. Some spots were convoluted. I don't think there was any reason for one of the young bucks and Wheeler Yuta to go to the top just to do a oh, couple yeah. of like, <laughs> okay. But I did like the the thumbtacks. The the glass worked me because I was like, it was clearly sugar, you know, after like a minute. But I was just like, if that's real glass, that is like the dumbest possible thing you could do. But it was sugar. Yeah, Whatever. I was going to ask, you know, what was your favorite spot from the Blood and Guts match? Hmm, my favorite spot, uh, I, the the bed of nails. The bed, just drop kicking Kenny Omega into the bed of nails because I almost threw up. No, for sure. I think for me, when John Moxley body slammed Kenny Omega onto the bed of nails, yeah, g- gimmicked or not, it's got to yeah. hurt something. I don't know, dude. The camera went right next to him at one point to look at Kenny Omega's face, and those shits look sharp as fuck. Facts, and there was like drips like drips of blood like coming down from yeah. the bed of nails i don't know like, and, uh, like a bed of nails just because when there's so many you can't you, you don't go through it but i mean like you're just landing on like a piece of metal like a like the most uncomfortable way to land on a slab of metal yeah and you know before we get off of moxley for a second i did really enjoy his spots in the match you know he was the only person uh for the most part for the majority of the match until the end that was actually bleeding you know throughout the whole thing and then i think it was like him coming out halfway through for his team was like a nice juxtaposition. I feel like, you know, like the, the, the contrast of the flippy spot fest of, you know, hangman, Kenny pack Claudio. And then when Mox just comes in, just fucking start stabbing people and handing out dudes. So oh my like, God. It was hands Claudio a fork. It's so funny. He's like the normie friend and like his, like he's just like buff and bald and wearing like blue 
like pants and he just gets like a fork and he's like, uh, okay, I guess I have to start stabbing people in the face now. I also pop for Takeshita coming out with a, a Japanese folding chair, you know, just to really <laughs> show his, his roots and stuff. But, you know, speaking of Japanese folding chairs, we had the debut, AEW debut of the Golden Star Kota Ibushi. What are your thoughts? Man, I, I don't want to make my complaints public. I love Kota Ibushi. He came out and like fucking one punch man, you know, I'll he, make I'll make those those reports. Public. He was looking that happy. Was not, that was not Kota Ibushi. <laughs> he was that looking was fucking, happy. <laughs> no, he was not, dude. He looked fucking terrible. He looked like shit. That was the man who ate Kota Ibushi when he first came out. I was like, when he first came out and did his pose on the rap, I'm like, what the fuck happened to this guy? I literally spent a week looking up murder Kota Ibushi clips of him just fucking doming Okada or yeah. him versus Cedric Alexander in his fucking prime, which yeah. feels like that was, you know, almost 10 years ago, maybe like seven or eight years ago, the Cruiserweight Classic. And yeah, no, yeah, like seven years ago, but like, a lot of this stuff is like five years ago. All I think it is, is that he left New Japan like a, a year or two ago. And so he hasn't been wrestling. So he, he got a, a little a little bit out of shape, you know? A little bit. Okay. He's not in being nice top, here, top tier ring shape. <laughs> I don't feel bad. My bias is but... showing so hard. <laughs> it's like the he... way I just shame other people. And I'm like, let's be nice to Coda. Dude, I would let him <laughs> off the hook if... Just despite whatever his body looked like, because again, I'm I am also trying. Not he didn't to have the shame. destructive power and speed, zero power behind any of his shots, and it looked like shit. And that's the thing that was really bumming me out. Like I remember his title match with Okada. He had like just a straight punch to the face that was like that. I was like that could be a finisher. It almost was. He like punched him and then just death stared him after. It was one of the scariest moments in his career. I was like, this is a murderer. Like this guy is holding back murderous intent. I was like, I don't know why he doesn't do real fighting. Yeah. And again, like he had time to know that he was going to perform. And again, not the body thing, just performance wise. Like where's the intensity? Where's the fucking pro wrestling God Kota Ibushi that was right there alongside you know the god of pro wrestling kenny omega they were literally 1a 1b you could argue just a few years ago in new japan and it just literally every spot that kota Ibushi had he fucked it up whether it was zero power or he just fell down or he just straight up missed his fucking any anything he did but i did appreciate you know the spot that i probably popped for the most for kota was when Mox had his boyfriend's hands, Kenny Omega, on the nails, and he was just fucking baiting him. But mm -hmm. it's just like the shots to Mox just didn't feel impactful when Claudio had whoever in the sharpshooter and he was trying to kick him out and he just like was gassed. All the power was gone. It was it was very strange. It was very sad. But that's I think he'll get it back. I believe in the Golden Star. I don't you know? know if he's going to be back in AEW after this performance to month, to be honest. But I, I was <laughs> getting chanted the whole time. I think he'll be back. I think the crowd and the owner of the company are big enough marks that we'll get our boy back. And I'm one of them. <laughs> but, you know, this match was full of amazing spots regardless. The thing, again, my bone to pick is you're four fucking years in AEW and your technical director uh, it clearly isn't a wrestling fan because he keeps fucking missing all these spots. You know, it doesn't make any sense. I remember the one that probably pissed me off the most was the reunion of Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi just gets panned away. It's like they don't fucking catch it at all. And then the second biggest flub of the night was the fucking finish. The whole finish of the match, which is, you know, you have Pac leaving and stirring up some shit, which is cool for his character. And I, I heard already that he's going to be feuding with Claudio in Ring of Honor. Fine. Keep him over there. But if the finish of the match is Hangman, the Hangman, is hanging his man, Yuta Wheel Wheeler Yuta, from the fucking thing with a chain. And the whole finish was apparently Moxley throws in the towel. Moxley surrenders and gives up the match for Wheeler Yuta. Did is you know that, that what happened? Yeah. What? 
That's what I'm saying. I was like, oh, he <laughs> passed out. That makes sense. The match. Yeah, was over. I thought he just passed out. I yeah. thought because the the rule was surrender or submission, and then um, the valet was like, oh, did did he tap out? I was like, no, I guess surrender just also means passing out because you can't you can't tap. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's what happened. Moxley mm-hmm. threw in the towel for Wheeler. Yeah. And that's, that's why he was hilarious. like, he was like, you know, handcuffed and he was pissed and like whatever. But Tony just has to start firing people like, like Vince McMahon, you know, just being like, you're a fucking idiot. You should go die and then kick him out and scream at him in front of every hire. So he should, you know what he should do? He should hire somebody with high testosterone levels to do this. You know, that's not necessarily a man. It's just certainly not Tony Khan. Yeah. I, I definitely think that people need to start being held accountable for these yeah. little missteps. You know, you know, you, you look a blind eye when they when they cut away to Minoru Suzuki's entrance that one time, and then yeah. here we are. You know, you're missing all the fucking important shit, and nobody knows what the fuck's happening. God, but, you need a little god fearing over here. All these people are just like ah, it's, it's fine, it's cool, man. No, it's not. No, it's not. You're running a fucking television show. You know, this is TBS. But that was my whole thing is that, you know, you had Pac running away to Kesha leaves with Don Callis right after. And then they still wrestle at the disadvantage for another 10 minutes, five on three. So it was kind of yeah. like, OK, you guys clearly won. Why are you doing the fucking spots? You know, like you're yeah. still trying to get all your shit in. You know, you guys should have planned this better. That's yeah. that's why to me, I agree. Where it's like going into it. I was very excited from the beginning. And then it's one of those matches that I feel like gets kind of soured slightly. Obviously, there's been way worse finishes in wrestling history. For but, sure. You know. My real complaint with the end, um, because I didn't even think a towel needed to be thrown in, I think just making him pass out would have been fine as a finish, is that it shouldn't have been Wheeler. It should have been Moxley. I know that everyone's always trying to be like, oh, we have to pin the weakest guy, and the weakest guy has to lose to protect the other guys. Look, it was not just Hangman. It was like Hangman... And, like, both the Bucks and, like, Kenny. There was, like, four people hanging um, hanging Wheeler at once. You know, mm-hmm. you have four of, like, your top guys hanging a fucking lackey. Hanging, like, a newcomer lackey. It doesn't make sense. How does that, by the way, end the feud? It's, like, <laughs> you go for the leader. You go for the head of the dragon. You don't go for his fucking toe. Like, this is going to make, oh, Mox is like, ah, oh, we can't mess with them anymore. But if you do, you know all that to moxie then it's like okay we can't mess with them anymore you know facts and also it protects them you have four people just like it doesn't moxie doesn't look weak by getting choked out by four people with all the blood pouring out of him gushing but it looks weird for these four guys to just grab this tiny scrawny little wheeler yuda and he's like ah he's like gushing blood we were like me and the valet were like, God damn, like they're really they're murdering this kid. <laughs> what did he do? He's just following orders. He's just he's not the he's not the uh, you know the kingpin of this. He's not making any plans. It's all yeah. Mo- Moxie's the one coming out with weapons and stabbing everybody in the head. Yeah, so I don't know what the what the future lies if this is actually the blow off. But I also heard that uh, you know Brian got surgery. It's worse than expected. So. He might be out for even longer and might actually miss uh, all in, you know. Yeah, I could see that. He just got like a a metal bar put into his arm. But you know, Abushi needs to get back on the juice, please, uh, please, 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 please. Speaking God. about being Maybe on the that's juice, that's what it is. Uh, could be. Maybe he like took too much time off from. Yeah, it's on his uh, you know, down cycle or whatever. It's beyond it. down cycle because you're still pretty going for it. He's just completely off the juice, you know. The only juice he's he's drinking is uh, some Van Leeuwen tiramisu, if you know what I mean. So yeah, uh, baby. Aww. <laughs> Speaking ice of Van Leeuwen tiramisu star. and people who love ice cream, um, let's talk about the Owen Hart Cup Finals men's match because you know we had CM Punk versus Ricky Starks on Collision. Did this match do anything for you or? Were you excited? Did you believe that this was going to end the way it did? Um, I thought that like Samoa Joe was going to come out and help or just like hurt CM Punk. So I'm happy that didn't happen. I'm happy that Ricky Starks won because like CM Punk winning would be stupid. Um, 
the heel turn like helps Ricky Starks, but like also doesn't help in that moment. I feel like because it's like, oh, you're turning heel against somebody who's getting booed. But whatever. I, I, the only way it's just like overthought. Like who the who the fuck cares? The right person won at the end of the day. Yeah, and that is the story in itself. You know, he was holding the rope. Ricky Starks, I guess, like you said, maybe turned heel. I mean, he fucking he should have kicked him in the dick. <laughs> he should have kicked him in the dick, but he did snub Jushin Thunder Liger, which I thought was hilarious that he, what, showed up in gimmick, flew all the way to Canada for two seconds just to fucking... He should have kicked him spot. in the dick, too. It would have been so funny if he kicked CM Punk in the dick and then Jushin Thunder Liger comes out with like the trophy and he kicks him in the dick and takes the trophy from him. Yeah, could have gotten way more heat. And, you know, it's just like the same thing we we're talking about. You know, Collision seems to just be that elevated rampage where there is a lack of storytelling and just a lot of 25-minute long matches. And it's like, you know, CM Punk is 85 years old. Why is he wrestling for a half hour this late in his career? And it just, the whole time, I just kept thinking, like, man, Starks is slowing down for CM Punk, and Punk is still looking gassed. So... And, uh, you know, it is what it is. We'll see if Starks and Punk still continue this feud. But it, the Owen Cup, much like last year, feels like nothing. It's just like there's no stakes. There's no stipulation. They don't have a title it match. It is nothing. You it's know? stupid. It's pointless. It's weird meat riding. It's just, I don't know. I don't get it. It's like the weirdest fan service. Yeah. Shout out to Willow Nightingale. She won her bracket her uh the women's cup so cool i guess yeah. right shout out willow nightingale she lost her new japan strong championship right yeah to julia some other uh joshi wrestler that everybody loves on the iwc whatever there's always a new joshi wrestler that people love <laughs> well speaking of joshi wrestlers let's talk about some wwe so, <laughs> where so are who's we, the uh, Joshi wrestler you want to talk about? Uh, let's talk about EO Sky. You know, we we fucking. Okay, what do you have on EO Sky this week? I'm thinking that mm-hmm. uh, you know the 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 SmackDown yeah. show wasn't <laughs> able to really bring the women's division in the last couple of weeks. It's been kind of like whatever with yeah. the triple threat: Charlotte, Bianca, Oscar. Another Joshi wrestler, by the way. I do like, though, that Io is slowly dipping her toe in. The last couple of weeks, she's shown up with her briefcase. And I don't know if this triple I thought threat, she was going to you know? cash in, dude. I thought she, at the end of that match, I thought she was going to cash in. I got fucking worked. <laughs> I, like, she almost did. She almost cashed in. I was like, dude, what's going to happen? I would have been so goddamn hyped. That would have been really cool. And, you know, the fact that they keep teasing it, pretty much every single week, every Friday. And, you know, she's lo- she's looming around at Monday Night Raw with Rhea Ripley. Maybe SummerSlam is the time to, to really pull that trigger because, you know, the Raw women's division is kind of slowed down and the SmackDown women's division has all those key players. But it's just, you know, they're still cooking. It's still heating up. It's still in the very beginning stages of this Bianca-Charlotte feud that just happens to have Asuka with the title. The Frozen. Side, you know? And I really think that uh, hopefully EO can fucking cash it in. <laughs> Bailey got injured. Speaking of EO cashing in, Allegedly. so I don't know what they'll do with that story. But that's fine. She can just be a talker until she's good, and then turn on EO. Yeah, facts. <laughs> anyway, nailed that Joshi reference transition. Let's yeah, move on. You killed to... <laughs> it. Now that so, was really good. Uh, my favorite thing from this past SmackDown, obviously is the warpath no (laughs) the warpath gunther versus drew mcintyre oh he's not on it anymore no he's on raw but no um the warpath of austin theory (laughs) but you know jay uso cut a phenomenal promo where he talks about you know feeling the feelings of his twin and how basically fuck roman reigns (laughs) and that's it you know he respects the family but Roman disrespects Roman, which was a hard ass line, dude, because I thought he was going to be like, but I don't respect you. But he was like, nah, I disrespect you. And I was like, yeah, fuck that guy. Kill him. Kill him. Kill him. I hope he does. I hope he wins at SummerSlam more than I've wanted anyone else to win. 
I can't remember which podcast said it, but somebody said, you know, in a vacuum, you watch this for the first time. You think Jay Uso is the fucking underdog babyface main eventer. You know what I mean? Like you really, you really think that he could win, but Bro, he is. He's him. You think he's him? He's the underdog babyface main eventer. He's fucking. He's Kobe the hero right now. You know, he's right hand man. Um, do you think? that Jey Uso could possibly win and dethrone Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. Yes. Yes, I do. Because they may have a plan for it. I feel like the Usos, I feel like the Bloodline, I feel like the Fatu Anoa'i family going a little bit in the business for themselves. You know? They're like, we're, we're going to drop it to each other. We got a whole storyline planned out because we want to make some really fucking crazy shit here and then move on to Hollywood. Like, no, we don't need the best white person to beat us. We don't need fucking dumbass Cody Rhodes. To, I don't care about that fucking story. I want my bro- my cousin to beat me. I want Jay Uso to beat me. I want his legacy to be cemented, you know? And we can tell the best bloodline story ever. I want that. You know, I don't need the best story for WWE, whatever they think that might be. I want the best bloodline story, the best, you know, the best Fatu Anoa'i story to be told. And I I fucking vibe with that. I hope that's what it is. You know, they created this whole this whole family shit. And I fucking everybody loves it. It's the coolest sh- and they earned it. You know, they've been holding it down this company since forever. So what he's gonna drop it to some white man? No. Drop it to your cousin, dude. Then drop it back to him. Go back and forth for a little bit. And then maybe, you know, Cody can be like, for my father. It's like, yeah, okay. We're going to Hollywood. Enjoy this. Jabroni. Couldn't even make it on CW. Shout out to Paul Heyman for taking the worst super kick bump. But warranted, for sure. Do you have any, uh, you know, predictions for what the terms of, what is it? The terms of something that's going to happen tomorrow night on SmackDown? Terms of engagement? I don't know. Uh, they're not allowed to touch, and then Roman's just gonna Superman punch him. You think Jimmy's gonna make a return and turn on Jay, on Jay, or do you think he might help him win? Jimmy's gonna come back with Rikishi, and Rikishi's gonna be like, "I think you should be the tribal chief, and everybody else here sucks." And then Jimmy's gonna beat up everybody. Mm. That'll happen after SummerSlam, though. I see. I see. Well. Speaking about beating up everybody, we had the Street Profits joining Bobby Lashley. Why does this have to do with beating up everybody? Uh, Hurt Business possibly reunited. Or, you know, a new version of an elevated main event uh, Hurt Business, some would say. Did you pop for uh, when Bobby Lashley popped uh, popped over and tried to... Whatever they're doing, who knows? Hell yeah. They're going to they're gonna be hanging out. I love that. I think they are going to look really cool together. You know, those are some cool guys. They're all real cool. Yeah. I think this is going to help the the heel turn against Montez. I'm hoping for like a, a little bit of bumping heads after some time between Montez and Bobby and then Docs aligns with with Bobby. And Facts, so they turn dude. on Ooh, Montez. And yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how you get like big baby face Montez and who better to build because you can take L's to Bobby. And then when you when you climb that mountain, that dude looks like a champion. He was a champion. That's like, you know, that's like I have to prove myself the way that uh, Cody is against Brock. Like it means something to beat Bobby. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited for just the potential because, you know, the Street Profits have been left off. Ever since they got drafted, um, when everybody thought they could split up around Mania, you know, that's what people were kind of hoping for, that they were going to start that storyline. But, you know, they got drafted together. They did some whatever random tag matches. And, yeah, this is something for all of these guys to do. And I just can't wait for that. Just when you put that idea in my head where Dawkins turns and just links up with the Almighty, the promos that Dawkins is going to be able to cut just dunking on montez and just cutting uh you know shoot heel promos on him i think it could be really good yeah and i think it'll look really cool for him to be in a suit aligned with 
Bobby Lashley, possibly with MVP. Like that could be a really cool faction. You bring in Omos because Omos and MVP are free agents. Like you could have a really fucking tight looking faction. You can make Omos and uh, a tag team with him at some point. Like it could be really cool. Well, speaking about really cool, we had uh, the U.S. title number one contenders gauntlet eliminator blind matches that are going to be uh, taking place the next couple of weeks. What I really liked about this was everybody had a pre-tape promo, but then they gave the live mic to LA Knight. He didn't Dude, say much, but uh, yeah, what you're saying? They are working me with this. Like the first four people came out and like LA Knight wasn't one of them. And I was like, oh my God, like what the fuck is going on? Like you're just going to not have LA Knight doing anything he's not going to be part of this i thought the plan was to put him against austin theory and now he's just not part of this match i, I didn't care about anybody in that four-way match i was like oh whatever and then the valet was like i i thought aj styles was your guy i was like yeah but he's old he doesn't need this shit <laughs> yeah yeah we need la Knight. yeah <laughs> have you seen the lore that la Knight's been popping off on social media these last couple weeks no no Dude, What's people, people are just finding clips from every, you know, C-list movie or like, I guess, you know, he tried to be an actor in his 20 year career when he wasn't in WWE. So he was like, he was doing spots in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He was doing commercials for whatever. So it's just like, these are all popping up, just clips of him doing stuff. And then they just throw the LA Knight theme song and people are losing their minds in the comments for this guy. Dude, that's so funny. That's fucking... Who was he in Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Because we've seen him. Unless he was in the last season. He was like a cameo in terms of... It was like one of those like Family Guy-esque where they say something and they just cut to a really quick little scenario that they're talking about. It was... I see. I think Terry Crews was like a, a pastor and... Or like he was an ordained minister and he was like marrying people at the gym. And LA Knight was one of the Jack dudes getting married to Jack Lady. That's oh, pretty much nice. <laughs> That's cool. But, I like that. I mean, uh, LA Knight and Austin Theory, it, everybody's been saying that that's the feud that they want to see. Um, obviously, if that happens, LA Knight's not going over because you got to do something with Austin Theory. You know, you got to. What are you talking about? That's going to help both of them. I think if he loses to Austin Theory, that's going to help both of them because it gives LA Knight kind of a chip on his shoulder because he's going to win with shenanigans. He's not going to beat LA Knight clean. And the crowd's going to lose their fucking minds. Going to get some crazy heel heat for Austin Theory, I think. You know? Damn. So what do you have LA Knight getting if not winning that title? I think he can win it maybe by the end of the feud. But, you know, I think that the first match, I don't think he's going over. You know? Do you think that we have LA Knight win the Royal Rumble? I don't think so. I don't is think he's the there move? yet, but you know, we have a couple months until then. You're but, crazy. Uh, could be, is there. If it's not if he uh, stays at this level to Royal Rumble, is the move to have him win it? I don't know. Cause you know, like I said, Roman is cooking up something else. I don't know if he just wants to jump ship to the to Raw and do something with the world heavyweight title, maybe if they did that. But I mean People have already said that it's set in stone, that it's going to be Cody Roman at 40. I don't know if the Rumble, winning the Rumble two years in a row is is the move for Cody, but could be worse. Could be worse ways to do it, you know? This is what this is how you book it. You have LA Knight come out at one, right? And he fights all the way to 30. And then you have Cody come out at 30 again. Then they're the final two, and then Cody wins comes out the next day on Raw, and the first thing he says is, I fought through 30 people <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. Just like he did with Gunther, which was like a crazy thing to say. You fought through like seven people. And, you know, you did it. You did the thing. But, like, you didn't fight through 30 people. Like, the 26 of them were already gone by the time you got there. You don't get to say you fought through 30 people. I could see um, Cody coming out at one or two this year and trying to tell that story all the way to the end. But, yeah. Speaking oh, dude, of, and then Gunther comes out at 30 and beats him. <laughs> dude, that would be so awesome. That would be I so would, awesome. 
I would not be angry at a Gunther Royal Rumble win this early in yeah. his main roster. That'd career. be really cool if Gunther came out at 30 and got Cody out immediately, and then they went to WrestleMania. But then, like, Ellie Knight won the whole thing. Like, that could be, like, a really cool thing. Well, you know, before we find ourselves too far away from Cody Rhodes, let's talk about Cody and Brock face-to-face in Atlanta, Georgia. Some hard times over here, you know? Uh, Cody cuts his promo, his mom's in the crowd, and then he gets baited by Brock Lesnar. Did you pop for this segment? Are you stoked for this rubber match feud? I really like... I'm, I'm excited for the feud. I'm excited for the match. I like him going, like, looking for Brock and just getting hit with a chair. And I like his mom being there to watch him get his ass kicked, you know? I think they could have had Brandy and his daughter there to also watch and, like, cry. <laughs> I think that would have helped more. The only thing I didn't like, I felt like they forced in, like, they ham-fisted in the hard times thing. Like, don't make this his hard times promo. This was, this was not a hard times promo. A hard times promo was, like, that's, like, a thing, dude. You know, I yeah, I don't know if it's that this is his promo. I if he has a he hard times promo in the bank, it. you know, he's just dropping little nuggies for yeah for the marks in the I, crowd. I just didn't like. I was like, don't. I was like, don't invoke that, brother. What are you doing? His he had a way. He has had some way better promos. You know, I mean, you know, even though he dropped it, you know, he, you know, he he does cry. He does cry. His mom got a lower third graphic, and you know, gets to get beat up. Brock beats up Cody Rhodes in front of his mom. And, uh, you okay. know, Cody crying is not a thing. That's like, oh, uh, Kevin cried while reading manga. So what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. It happens all the time. Okay. It doesn't count. I think you're working yourself into a shoot brother right now. So, you know, you don't know if you want to say too much about that. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I was really hoping that Brock was going to fucking pull his mom over the barricade and F5 her. That would have been oh, real Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you a wrestler's wife or are you just a loser, Mrs. Mrs. Runnels? You know, take the fucking bump. Take a bump. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I'm can't wait for this match. What else is there on Raw? Let's talk about, uh, you know, another match from SummerSlam that is set in stone, which is now Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor getting another match together for the World Heavyweight title. Were you excited about this? You know, they had the the interview segment, which I really liked because it's like with Finn, they're telling that story with the Judgment Day because we love the Judgment Day. The Judgment Day is great. The Judgment Day is great. We love I'm, it. Uh, I'm glad that they're they're keeping this story going. I know I was saying a couple of weeks back after Money in the Bank, I was very disappointed with how the match panned out. This doesn't feel like the end, but... I feel like the heat for this match can be turned up really high because what this is the that's that's the the event from all those years ago, right? It was at SummerSlam where he injured Finn Balor yes. for the Universal Title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what better storytelling could it be for Finn Balor to reclaim a World Championship from Seth Rollins, the same event that he was injured at? And mm-hmm. then get fucking cashed in by Damien Priest right after. Oh my god, have a an even shorter title or or lose it on Raw the next day so that it's the same exact title reign. Yeah. Would be so funny. I thought I would love that. that. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Judgment Day, it's just the fact that they were able to tell that story. There are all these reports now that they're saying like the stock, you know, invest now. You know, from a year ago, who even thought that these guys, these guys and Rhea would be the fucking marquee number two behind the bloodline. And some people are saying that this is eventually going to surpass them in terms of like, once that bloodline story dies down, they're going to keep this whole thing going. And I think the tension that they were able to do just by that one thing, you know, you were, you know, just by that fucking one, two weeks of, of them not being on the same page, I think helped them tremendously to get Mm -hmm. even more over. And, yeah, uh, big time. And dude, uh, did you? So you watched NXT, right? Yes, I did. They're Dominic, all over it. Dirty Dom Mysterio is our new North American champion. What love are to your see thoughts? I'm fucking stoked. Who the hell cares about Wesley? You know, I loved the backstage segment, by the way, with Mustafa Ali just negging Wesley. Dude, yeah, <laughs> I thought that shit was so funny. 
this was like a jam-packed episode of NXT. I think that they knew that Dirty Dom was going to bring those numbers. So they were like, mm-hmm. we're going to show everybody what's going on here. Um, but from, yeah, that, that fucking North American title match. I didn't know where it was going to go. I was like, either way, it could go. Um, I'm so glad they fucking put the title on him. Because now I'm actually going to watch NXT. And sure, he might drop that title at their pay-per-view in a week and a half. And it's all fine. You know, this was just for a ratings bump. But the Judgment Day celebrating at the end where they're all just fucking decked out in gold. You got the world women's champion, the money in the bank briefcase, the North American title, and then that shiny gold world heavyweight championship on Finn after SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. I think that could be huge for, yeah. for all of them. Dude, just the visual. Yeah. This is Dominic's first singles title, huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's only had tag gold. Only tag gold. But yeah, there was that uh, moment in the back with Tony D where, because, uh, you know, Tony D finally out of prison. Thank God. So for the happy. last couple of months. I've been wanting to talk about that a little bit because I, he was injured, right? Would be my guess. Uh, maybe. I guess so. What a brilliant way character wise to keep someone relevant and on TV is like, oh, this Italian gangster character is injured, so we're going to send you to jail in kayfabe and then have you on TV every week talking to somebody through, like, the the, tele- the prison telephones. Uh, that's so smart and so funny and so stupid and entertaining. Also, like, they showed clips of it during the Tony D segment, and it's like, this guy's in prison, and this guy's like, don't worry, I'm going to have a match with him, and if I win, we're going to get you off the hook. <laughs> and he's like, all I care about is the NXT title. It's like, what the fuck are you idiots talking about? You're in, you're in prison. Get out of jail, man. You care about a piece of gold in in Orlando? <laughs> Call your wife. That's why, that's why it's NXT. You know, they're still figuring out some of the, the little things here and there. But yeah, they they had a moment backstage where Tony D runs into the Judgment Day, and he just said like, "Oh, uh, Benny says what's up, Dom," and then he's like, "Oh, Benny." He's a good man, you know, so it's just that <laughs> tiny little interaction. It's just, just like you got the local medical facility and the prison all in the same stretch in this WWE <laughs> universe that everybody goes to. But uh, yeah, that's but shout, awesome. Shout out to fucking Dirty Dom, dude. I once because I'm like, OK, I already know that Dominic isn't the best in the ring and he's so good at just running around and just doing whatever. And as soon as the Judgment Day just started getting all their grubby little paws just working together to fucking steal this title for Dom. I, I, I'm just like, I can't wait for them to do this. Cause I think that was also what was missing from SummerSlam with Finn and Seth was that he came alone, no backup, no nothing. But if we have a fully United judgment day come SummerSlam, I think Finn's finally taking it. And I'm not just saying that because I own a Finn Balor judgment day t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. I hope that Damien like leaves his tight uh his money in the bank in like his briefcase in the back so Finn doesn't have to worry, you know, cuz there's mm-hmm. still some tension. I would just rather like let him get the title, man. You know, let's just like fucking get this. Also, Seth has a like a fundamental misunderstanding of what Finn is mad about. Cuz he comes to talk to him in like that backstage segment and he's like, "Oh, if you want to like settle this all right now, we can just fight." I'm like, "He doesn't want to fight you." He wants to take everything from you. He wants to destroy your career. He doesn't want to, like, punch you in the face. He wants to steal your title and, like, you know, break your ACL, you fucking idiot. Like, you're not listening to anything he says? God, you suck, man. I would want to steal your title, too. You're not even listening to this guy whose career you fucking ruined? I know. Piece of shit. (laughs) What is your problem? Starting to sympathize with Finn, you know? I just. Yeah, Finn is right. Finn did nothing wrong. Finn has done nothing wrong. What are the chances that Damien cashes in on Finn and loses and just wastes the briefcase? Zero. Zero? You think that guy's going to be future world champion? Confirmed? Thousand percent? I'd say like 98%, but to do it on Finn, I think, would be ridiculous. Mm. Like, that's just, uh, like, ending the judgment day for no reason. Hmm. Guess we'll see. We'll see. But um, yeah, some other things from, uh, you know, WWE. I loved the Ilya promo 
with Carmelo at the beginning. I don't know if you caught that. He's got like I did. this he new was look. Struggling with his promo, I feel like. But you know, he's young. He's green. English is not his first language, so I would imagine English is not his first language based on his heavy accent. Um, but I mean, it was still a good promo. Yeah, and I like the new look with the beard. And this is also very AEW like, where you have all the guys like, dude, Joe Gacy, Carmelo Hayes, and Ilya Dragunov are all five foot three. But when yeah. they when they're all standing next to each other, it <laughs> looks like they're a big deal. So and Trick Williams is ruining it all for them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Being like a normal sized man. Uh, some really quick stuff before we get out of here. Uh, Becky Trish. Are you, uh, is this feud fucking snooze fest? Are you down? Yeah, it's pretty snoozy. It's a, I, I, I can't wait for Becky to get out of Trish jail. Same. Personally. Uh, we got Bronson, Shinsuke, and Ciampa. Now, you know, Ricochet is tied up with Logan Paul. So you just insert Ciampa in that same kind of spot. Does this do anything for you for Ciampa, Shinsuke, or uh, big Bronson Reed? Um, I just like seeing Bronson Reed on the screen. I'll, I'll see where it goes. I'm more interested in Ricochet. You know, this guy is, you know, he's talking to some strong people. He's ready to accept some some higher cursed powers. So you never know what's going to happen with this. Again, with the, you know, Uchiha drip. It's always yeah. about the fucking mm-hmm. Sasuke drip with this guy. Dude, uh, I but, feel like that's more Orochimaru drip, but it's fine. You know, fair enough. Uh, Six of one, half a I, dozen of the other. I am excited, though, for Shinsuke out of this. I mean, and Chom, I'm excited for all these guys just because it's like a really solid mid-card feud where these guys can sink their teeth into it and hopefully become a bigger deal. I hope that Shinsuke can, you know, he was a little angry backstage with Byron, was saying, you know, everybody's getting in his business. Maybe this brings back actual strong style where he just starts being the better Kota Ibushi that we actually wanted and just starts kicking people and punching them. Uh, Dude, TakeOver Dallas is over, man. We'll see. I'm hanging on. I'm hanging on to a thread. It's okay. (laughs) But also Ciampa. You know, Ciampa, get his licks in, and then hopefully Gargano can save him, and then we get that DIY review. Yeah. Um, Where is Gargano? Is Gargano injured? I believe so. Yeah. I heard Gargano got injured uh, fighting Ridge Holland. I don't know if that was an NXT. I did hear about that. I heard that, you know, there was another pretty deadly injury. Pretty deadly got injured fighting Ridge Holland. Ridge Holland got, you know, did a bad injury to one big E. So, yeah, I'm hearing a lot of things where, like, this one wasn't his fault. The one on, like, Elton something, the blonde one. I can't remember the name, but uh, we'll see. It's a really sad thing for Rich Holland. You know, he's getting all this fucking hate. A bad, just unlucky, bad timing, you know. Um, Broke someone's neck, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, Bailey I Shotzi. Biggie in like 18 months, so. Bailey Shotzi. Anything on that? Shaved her head last week? Dude, so awesome. First of all, the segment was so hardcore and cool, and I just loved it. And then, you know, I watched with the valet and she was like, wow, she must have just wanted to shave her head and just like rolled it into a story. I was like, yeah, it's fucking sick. Then you find out that her sister has cancer and she's doing it in solidarity with her. And you're like, damn, this bitch is real as fuck. Shout out, Shotzi. You're real as fuck. <laughs> um, Gunther and Drew McIntyre. Excited. I really liked his promo on Raw. I yeah. liked how he was like, fuck everybody. You guys, uh get to get a treat get, by seeing the intercontinental heavyweight champion of the world do his fucking thing. Yeah. Um, this match felt a little bit better. And, uh, but yeah, I'm excited for this match. What about you? Dude, it's going to be sick. Also is Giovanni Gavinci on the outs with Imperium. I saw that. I missed that last week, but when I saw the recap of them blaming him for losing, I was like, I really like them all together. What is he going to do? They're going to throw him back with Tony D. I don't know. Yeah, he's done so. He's gone. But the thing is, they don't need him. You know, like they even when they're like, we need to make a stronger tag team. They do Gunther and Ludwig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, I said it all those weeks weeks back. I was like, when I saw them tagging when he was kayfabe injured, they had amazing chemistry. So yeah, and they you know the higher ups probably saw that too, and they're like, get rid of this fucking. Jorno over here. He's nothing like no Baldy. They're like he can't talk. He's bald. He's short. 
He's not even German. <laughs> Get rid uh, of him. Poor Baldy. But, you know, that r- wraps up our week of pro wrestling. Uh, we did forget to mention the AEW band list. Do you want to run through those really quick before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, but right before we get to the band list, I do want to say shout out to Bullet Club Gold. I really wanted them to win. Such big ups to Jay White and to Juice Robinson. I mean, goddamn, what a show from both of them. They are Their personalities are coming through. I hope really big things for both of them. Facts. Number one. Spots and table bumps on the ring apron and the outside are banned. What does that even mean? I guess just like, oh, I see. Spots and bumps on the outside? That would be crazy. If there's like no no outside spots, like no suplexes on the outside or whatever. But weird. Uh, I don't believe that. They just did uh, uh, a spot on top of the the War Games thing. On top of the Blood and Guts not thing, on the so. apron and not on the outside. It's on the top of the cage. Loophole. Number two. Table, ladder, chair spots in and out of the ring only allowed with padding. All right. Okay. Whatever the fuck that means. Whatever. Um, any elevated spots on the outside of the barricades. Dives, ladder spots on the stage. Probably because of Sting. They're like, we're not doing this anymore. We're done. Mm-hmm. No pile driver tombstone variations. That doesn't seem right. I feel like I saw CM Punk Mox hit a pile one last night to <laughs> Kota Ibushi. Pretty sure CM Punk hit Ricky Starks with a with a fucking thing. Uh, this doesn't seem real. It says high risk dives or top rope moves. Six thirty double moon salts. Intentional bleeding of any sort, not just blading. This seems like this was. This well, is not true. <laughs> Mox had like a big cut on his head, you know, like down the back. So maybe, I don't know. Maybe he got it hard style. Maybe he was like, hit me. I want to bleed. <laughs> we have to do it hard style now. Yeah, this one says thumbtack, skewers, barbed wire, puncturing objects. Mm, whatever. But this one says. Our band? Oh, also, it says choking, strangling with the hands or a weapon, hanging spots. They literally just hanged Wheeler Yuta. All of this is banned? When did this go into effect? I don't know, but it says also no physicality in the crowd, crowd brawling, no physicality involving referees, managers, extra celebrities, yada, yada, yada. And uh, I think there's also something about, like, no drinks, no blading in the crowd. Maybe this list I got was fucking fucked up. This doesn't seem right. Yeah, I don't know, because there was something, yeah, there was something about no stealing, like, food or drinks, which... Yeah. Look, on one hand, it's like, oh, you just like it must suck to get your like eight dollar drink stolen or eight dollar food stolen, right? On mm-hmm. the other hand, the people who are getting their eight dollar drink stolen are in like the floor seats. Like, if you can afford a hundred and fifty dollar seat, you can afford to get your fucking eight dollar drink stolen. Okay? Do it Part for the, the fucking do it for the show, you fucking pussy. You rich fucking pussy. You can go stand back online. You piece of shit. All right. God, that one, because th- these are coming from complaints of people. You rich people, you want the world to cater to you? Stop being a fucking bitch. You rich little bitch. Oh, God, that one really pissed me off. Well, rich people. We're catering to the rich? Fuck off, dude. They're turning more and more like the Fed. You know, they, dude. they're they turning into the New York Yankees right before our eyes. Like, dude, it's crazy. It's like, oh, I'm in my $300 seat and I'm going to lose my fucking $12 nachos. Yeah, dude, go buy another. Why don't you go pay somebody to go do it for you? Well, on that note, is there anything else in this week of pro wrestling that you want to Yeah, talk no about? more faking seizures. Oh, yeah, that's on there. This is bullshit. <laughs> A seizure gang itself forgave Daniel Bryan. Mm, so this mm. fake-ass motherfucker went and complained, you know, listen. Listen. If it was somebody who didn't have a history of seizures, went up there and started having fake seizures, it would make sense. But Bryan Danielson and Big Kaz, a.k.a. Big Bill, they get to have fake seizures <laughs> in the ring, all right? <laughs> You They've suffer the right. terrible, yeah. terrible seizures. You get the right to fake them in the ring. That's just how it is. I don't make the rules. I just I just let people know what they are. And if you as a seizure haver are offended, 
then you're a big fat pussy. And that's that's all there is to it, you know. Go have another grand mall seizure. Lick my balls. Well, next time you uh, see them at your uh, monthly meeting, say hi to Big Bill and uh, Brian Danielson for me. So, I, I will. Let's get out of here. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok, Foodie number five. Any plugs before you get out of here? Um, you can follow me at Grand Mall Seizure on Twitter, and then you can follow the both of us at Illegal Tactics Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Alex has been making some bomb ass edits. We got LA Knight in the mix. We got Swerve Scott in the mix. You ain't gonna, you ain't ready for what's coming down the pipeline this week. So come check it out. If you're here, following us, listen to us from there. We appreciate you so much. If you found us any other way, we really appreciate you. Like and subscribe. Leave a comment. Tell us you love us. You can tell us that we suck and that you hate us, but just make sure you leave five stars. You know, like, five mm-hmm. stars. These guys are fucking suck dick. I hate them. I hope they die. <laughs> yes. Thank you as always for following, subscribing and supporting us and you know tell your friends tell a family member and enjoy wrestling go watch some go watch some pro wrestling this week peace out buddy